Welcome to the Strong Towers Podcast, a podcast with one simple vision, build up, become strong. Hey guys, welcome back to another Strong Towers Podcast. Tom Edwards here, and with me this week is John Ackerman. Mike has... uh, Called it an early night after a, a first birthday party for his youngest, um, and so John and I are, are uh, going to do this one together. Uh, we've been talking the last several weeks about um, Sabbath and rest and taking care of yourself, getting away from the hustle, and so Mike, good on you for uh, for actually taking a night out and, uh, and doing some of that with uh, your family and for yourself. Um, and we kind of wanted to pivot a little bit. Uh, on this one, uh, we have said several times that we are uh, definitely haven't arrived, that we are not really the authorities um, in any of these areas, and, and uh, hopefully we have made it abundantly clear uh, during the last couple of weeks that we are uh, stealing stuff from everybody we can uh, as we are on this journey of self-improvement, and in, in particular this area of Sabbath and rest, that uh, that we've gone after all kinds of resources um, and all sorts of people that uh, are are talking about this and have written books about this and and uh, have come before us. Uh, and if you've missed any of that, um, definitely hit up the last couple of podcast episodes. Uh, but also, our friend Zach has been uh, taking over the blog the last couple of weeks and uh, talking through some of these ideas about rest and Sabbath. And and he's been uh, also tagging a bunch of the resources that that we've been exploring and. Um, at some point, we'll probably put up a, a cumulative list of, of those things um, on the website as well um, for you guys to take a, a look at and, and start to go through uh, at a restful pace, for sure. <laughs> um, but John, you missed last week yeah. when Mike and I kind of uh, got to debrief a little bit about uh, how you know creating that Sabbath space in our families has been going and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. So why don't you give us an update on, on where you and Brooke are at with that? Because I don't know. Was it two weeks ago? You said it was not going well. Yeah, and it's funny. Um, so this is Saturday. This is coming to you guys on Monday. Uh, so Brooke and I took a walk this morning together, you know, down the dirt roads where we live. And and I asked her the question about, I don't know, 15 minutes into our walk, because this was on my mind since this has been on our podcast for a yeah. while. <clears throat> and I knew we were going to be recording tonight. And, and so I just, I asked her what her take was on how we were doing on Sabbath. And she was like, I don't know, I think we're doing pretty good. And I was honestly <laughs> stunned because I was just, I was coming at it from such a different perspective. And, you know, fortunately I've grown wise enough now to just listen mm-hmm. and, you know, not question, not criticize, not, you know, combat, but just be like, I would love to hear why. Right. Tell me and, more. Yeah. And so she was saying, you know. I feel like we've gotten better at finding moments of Sabbath. Hmm. And as soon as she said it, I was like, dang, that, that's spot on. We have. Yeah. You know, we've not been great about labeling it. We've not been great about announcing this is a moment of Sabbath. <laughs> but we've gotten a lot better than we ever used to be about carving time out for fun, mm-hmm. for silliness, for playfulness for restfulness. Uh, and it just, it really struck me as soon as she said it of, 
we we have been. And then at the same time, and I think I mentioned this two weeks ago, I definitely have a propensity for overcomplicating things at times. Yep. But also just being aware of the fact that this is still such a new category for me that I don't I don't know what I don't know yet. Yeah. And there was something in me that was still feeling like, am I really doing this right? <laughs> you know, not to not to make it religiously obligatory, not to make it something that's hemmed in by all kinds of rules and structures and things like that but by the same token i i want to do it right Mm -hmm. not just do it better than i was doing it before which was not right and i was you know as we were continuing this walk i was telling her you know i feel like for me i need i need to call it sabbath right to have a day yeah you know, the whole like, you know, Sabbath is more than a day, but it's not less than a day. Right. And it felt like for me, we've been apparently, without even realizing it, doing a really good job of making it more than a day. Mm. But for me, it was feeling like, I don't know how I'm doing with at least making it a day. Right. And there's been a couple of times over the last few weeks where like we had a really great day each week for a few weeks. So like Valentine's Day, we were both off that Friday. So we had a a leisurely morning. We cooked a great breakfast. uh, And we decided we were going to drive down to one of our favorite vineyards in Virginia, down in the Shenandoah Valley. And it's like an hour away, but I mean, where we are now, everything is an hour away. It's, (laughs) It's like, so who really cares? And so we got this great drive down in the Shenandoah. I mean, it's just beautiful driving down I-81. Yeah. And we go to this place and this woman there that, you know, she doesn't own the vineyard, but she's been there so long that she's almost an institution in and un, you know, in and unto herself. And she's like, she adopted us a few years ago when we first went because she just thought we were adorable, which we are. <laughs> of course. And, <laughs> and she remembers us every time we come in. And we rem- wow. and so we just got, we got to have this great time of conversation with her and um, as is sometimes the case, I feel like when you're looking for these opportunities, um, you know, she just out of nowhere started telling us more of her story and we started telling her more of our story, which turned into her telling us more of her parents' story and her kids' story. And I mean, there was just this great wow. deepening of connection and it, yeah. it was just really cool. And we got to drink great wine while we were there. And, and then we drove back home. We cooked just a fantastic dinner, which is our normal tradition for Valentine's Day. It was it was a beautiful day. And there's this place in me that's wrestling with the fact that we never called it Sabbath. Mm. We just had a really, really good day. Well, it was Valentine's Day. It was Valentine's right? Day. Right. I can't, you know, it, you can't it, double dip. Right. Is that even allowed? <laughs> right. Um, and then this past weekend, um, we went down to Louisville, Kentucky to see a, a former student of Brooks who was graduating from a program and we really wanted to be there to be supportive. And the ceremony was like middle of the day on Saturday. And we're Mm -hmm. like, well, it's a nine hour drive. So we're not going to be able to get there Saturday. Like we're not leaving at four o'clock in the morning to get there by two. Cause no. Yeah. No. And we're not going to be able to leave after the ceremony at four o'clock or five o'clock in the evening or whenever it's all done and drive straight through because no. And so we decided to turn it into a four-day weekend. Like we drove out on Thursday, so we had all Friday in Louisville, which I'd never been to before. She had never been there, so it was like a fun adventure, right? Yeah. 
great city. We did a little bit of the bourbon trail. We went to Louisville Slugger Museum, had some great food. Like it was just, it was a cool. cool weekend. Yeah. Right. And we drove back on Sunday. It felt leisurely. It felt restful, as restful and leisurely as nine hours in the car each way right. can feel. Yeah. But it it was fun. And there was never a moment where we called it Sabbath. Right. And so there was just, there was something in me that was sticking on this point of words matter. And if I'm not calling it Sabbath, then I'm not thinking of it as Sabbath, even if I'm doing the things mm-hmm. that we've been talking about are part of Sabbath, right? Delight, joy, play, rest. Yeah. Because it just felt like for me, if I'm not thinking of it as Sabbath, then I'm not inviting God into it in the same way that I would if I was calling it Sabbath. And so not mm-hmm. that he was absent from any of that, but it again, I'm still so new at this <laughs> that I, I don't know what I don't know. Yeah. How did you feel about the walk this morning? Had you in your mind set that as like our Sabbath morning? We're going to go do this. Um. As we were on the walk, we were talking about how today could be our Sabbath for mm-hmm. this week. We hadn't set it up ahead of time, but as we were looking at our day, you know, I had it on my schedule today that I was going to help a buddy of mine move. And I'm one of those weird people that likes helping people move. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's yeah. because I have a truck and it's part of the code, but I really like helping people move. Like I like the transition from an old thing to a new thing. I like the you know, the creative opportunity to invent you know, life in this new space. Yeah. I, I like the the tetrising of the truck itself. Like and especially when it's not my stuff. Right. Like that's just <laughs> right. That's just fun. And, you know, then Mike's, you know, birthday party for his one year old today. Like getting to hang out with people that we like. Mm-hmm. You know, we were we were talking about the fact that this this feels like a day of Sabbath, right? I get to exercise my body with none of the mental stress of usual work, get to hang out with people that we like, start the day quietly with a walk down, you know, beautiful gravel roads mm-hmm. in the hills where we live. Like, how is this not Sabbath? And I was like, you're right. We just hadn't called it that. <laughs> Put it on the calendar next time. <laughs> right. To which, you know, she very rightfully responded that if we're going to make this so overtly strict and scheduled and planned, then that's not going to feel like Sabbath either. Right. Because you're going to start stressing out about the need to have Sabbath. Right. So again, it just, it was a great reminder of we're in a new place and we're trying to figure out what this looks like for us Mm -hmm. and navigating both the how to, but also the why. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a really great transition because as we've been going through this and thinking with all these resources that we found and people that we've listened to and and all that, um, you know, you you did a really good job of summing up how there's just a lot that we, you and I individually, uh, us collectively as as, uh, Strong Towers and and our larger community have been realizing like there's a lot of stuff that we don't know about this. you know, for different reasons, either um, had no experience yeah. with, you know, in, in the area of Sabbath uh, prior, had some kind of experience with Sabbath or, or conception of Sabbath that mm-hmm. was sort of messed up and, um, 
you know, and so there's a lot that we've been having to come to the realization that we don't know. Um, and so from the standpoint of kind of moving beyond just Sabbath and rest, uh, you know, into the, the areas of things that we don't fully have a grasp of Mm -hmm. at this point in our lives. Um, you know, and, and what does that look like to, uh, be an adult, yeah. be doing things on your own for yourself mm-hmm. and be bumping up against these areas where I just, I'm just not prepared. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, we've talked before endlessly, it seems that I work with teenagers. And so just, I feel like a lot of my isms, a lot of just the way that I think, you know, is derived in part from being in close proximity to 16 year olds for entirely too much time. But it reminds me of what I was like when I was a teenager, because they're the same way Mm -hmm. of anybody much past 20 is an idiot. Right. Right. My, My students know more than their coaches when it comes to sports, right? Their coaches are an idiot. I can't believe my coach didn't play me. I can't believe our coach called this play, whatever it was. Right. As far as my students are concerned, their teachers are idiots. Right. Forget forget the fact that logic would seem to dictate these people have their jobs <laughs> because they have at least a modicum of expertise in their field. Right. Right. They're morons. Yeah. Right. And I remember thinking that way, much as it pains me to admit. I remember thinking in my teens and early 20s that older people were idiots. Mm-hmm. Right. They were basically dinosaurs that were right. living yeah. off of whatever their their ill-gotten gains were from their 20s when they were brilliant. Right. And they need to get out of the way uh, so that right. we can come through and yeah. Right. I mean the the line that popped into my head when we were talking about this and that often pops into my head as I'm at school is Mark Twain's line that when he was 14 he was amazed at how much of an idiot his father was. And by the time he had turned 21, he was amazed at how much smarter his father had become. Right. Right. And it, and it's that self-realization of, okay, really, nothing has changed there. I've just not recognized what was available. Right. And I think it, I'm getting, thankfully, I'm getting to a place where I'm comfortable realizing there's just a lot of stuff I don't know. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, I don't even know what I don't know. But the area of knowing what I don't know has been, I feel like, expanding exponentially even as I've been learning more and more stuff. Yeah. Which that in and of itself is just a little bit of a mind trip for me. But <laughs> right. I'm trying to know things. <laughs> it's like the more I know, the more I know that I don't know. And it's, I think Aristotle or somebody Greek said something about that too. But. It, it's it's a weird place of realizing that wisdom and maturity, which is kind of where we want to park for an episode or two, yeah, in part seems to not have anything to do with getting smarter, but just becoming more aware of the fact that there's just a lot of stuff we're clueless about and are in desperate need of help. Yeah. Well, and I think the maturity piece, you know, you almost kind of have to start there because that is the difference between the teenager and, you know, Uh, 21-year-old Mark Twain thinking his dad has gotten smarter, right? Obviously, the dad hasn't gone undergone a whole 
ton of learning in that seven years. You know, there is this maturing piece of realizing that we are not the be all and end all in our lives and that others do have something to offer. Um, And so I think that almost like lowers the, the guard so that you can then step into those spaces more easily of, I actually, I don't know this, you know, and, and I think about some of the places where, um, you know, where, where I'm encountering things that, that I don't know, or I'm not confident in or whatever. And to think, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, how would I have approached that same thing? Right. I, I think would have been completely different. Um, now that I have more experience and I like to think of that wisdom word in, in that sense Mm -hmm. uh, of experience, right? Because we are both well-educated people. We do know a lot of things. There is knowledge that we possess, but the wisdom comes in the experience of actually putting that knowledge to use or knowing even when to put the knowledge to use. Um, and there's, there's no getting around time uh, to be able to do that. Yeah. You know, it would be great if you could be super wise as a teenager. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, God has deemed it fit that this is going to take a yeah. while and there's a process for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I realized that that, you know, that was really the, the core of my arrogance as a younger person was that I had all of this knowledge that just hadn't yet been tested by time or experience right? to be proven either faulty or inadequate or insufficient. Yeah. And so of course, when it's untested, I mean, you can be as brilliant as you want to think you are. Very true. And, and so now in this space, you know, where I find myself in my mid to late thirties, however you count 37, <laughs> You know, I've been teaching now for 16 years. And on the one hand, I have gotten significantly better than when I started. Right. I mean, my first year, I thought I did a good job. My second year, I came to realize how bad a job I did <laughs> my first year. <laughs> Thankfully, rather than just perpetuating the myth longer. But you know, after 16 years, as I have appreciably gotten better and better at the skills of teaching, I have become more and more aware of the areas in which I could still grow so much more. Yeah. You know, I feel like on the one hand, I have really put together the fundamentals well in a way that makes me a skilled teacher. And on the other hand, I am so painfully aware of all of the ways within those fundamentals that I could be doing so much more. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's this weird dichotomy in which to exist of, I am improving. I am more skilled. I am, you know, whatever, better equipped, smarter. And at the same time, it's just, it's opening whole new realms that I didn't even know existed before Right. that I'm not having to grapple with not only the newness of, but my lack of capacity for. Mm-hmm. Well, and an appreciation for the fact that <clears throat> there is still movement forward to be had, you know, which I think is another one of those maturity pieces is, um, you know, I have gotten decent at doing whatever it is and there is room to grow. Yeah. 
I haven't made it. I'm not the best. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I can see those areas that that are places for me to move in some direction. Yeah. Um, to keep doing it and keep growing and, um, yeah. I don't know. It's just really cool that the wisdom and maturity, um, hand in hand. Yeah. Uh, with each other, like that. Well, and it's so funny too because we've also talked that over the last few years, you know, I've now kind of put one foot in the realm of ministry, even as I've kept one foot in the realm of public education. And were it not for the last 16 years in public education, I would be now completely replicating the career cycle Mm -hmm. now in ministry. Because there's been moments where I've been tempted to have the same arrogance that I had in the first few years of teaching and be like, I've got this down already. What's wrong with you people? I still haven't figured this out. And And I've had to catch myself and even in my lack of awareness of the things I don't know yet in that new realm, I've just had the benefit of the experience of, all right, kids, slow your roll here. Right. There was a whole lot that you didn't know you didn't know in education. Do you think it's probably true that that's <laughs> right. the case right. here too? It's probably something right around the corner that is going to pop up. <laughs> right. And so it's been so much easier to operate with a genuine sense of humility mm-hmm. in, you know, career phase 2.0 of I I truly don't know what I don't know. Yeah. But I know that there's got to be lots of things that I don't know. And so I'm just going to shut up for a while. Right. And, and I'm going to ask for help from people. And I'm going to ask for people to tell me the things that I don't know. And I'm just going to operate out of this position of, I'm probably not nearly as good as I think I am. Mm. Unlike when I started my first career and I thought I was really good. Right. I am awesome. Right. I'm going to come in here and be the best teacher you've ever had. Right. Because you all are old. Right. At 21 years old. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned career 2.0 because uh, that's definitely an area for me that um, has been a place that, that uh, I guess, the blinders have, have come off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I talked about it on the, on the podcast before, but, um, you know, kind of growing up, it was like, you know, there were five jobs that people had yep. teacher, doctor, lawyer, fireman, you know, yeah. Um, whatever the fifth one was, whatever the fifth one was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure everybody had their own list. And, um, you know, and so when I became a teacher, it was like, yeah, that like, this is, you know, this is a good, solid profession that, yep. um, you know, and then uh, coming to the end of that part of my story, it was like, okay, what, what can I do? Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I did, I needed to reach out to people, um, because I had no idea, you know, my, my education was engineering, uh, and now I've got, you know, almost a decade and a half of experience as a classroom teacher. I'm like, right. oh, what do I, those two things don't seem to connect to me. You know, how can I move on to something new? Mm-hmm. Um, and you realize like, there's a lot of different things out there. There's entire industries that I'm like, I had never even realized that that was a thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and it takes being able to talk to people and say, hey, you know, I admire you've got a little bit of experience in here or you've done this this way or, um, you know, help me out 
what what don't I see where I'm sitting right now? Yeah. Um, you know, to to be able to move into something new or look for something new or, um, you know, I think about with the kids too. Um, the thing about kids, right? And and being a teacher, we we see them, you know, pretty much always the same age, right? Mm-hmm. Like you get your class of kids for the year. And you see them and they're that age. And then next year you get a class of kids that are that same age. And so you're like, I, I have 16 year olds down. Um, but then when you have your own kids, you're like, oh, we got to go like, you know, we got to start at the beginning. And my expertise doesn't kick in <laughs> for 16 years, you know, and it's like, I thought, right. you know, thought I was good with kids. And then yeah. you actually have to do it. And you're like. <laughs> this is different and then you think you figure it out and they're on to the next thing right and you're like you know okay now we got to figure out what a six-year-old looks like um so that has been uh has been tough for us too of of you know trying to to stay on top of that kind of parenting curve mm-hmm. and um where can we go to to figure it out because that's the thing uh, and I think it's awesome about where we are uh, technologically now, um, but I think people have been doing it forever. Of you're not the first person yeah. to encounter this, yep. right? And so, where can we go that somebody has something to offer? Yeah, yeah, and that just seems, I don't know, anathema for today's culture in some ways, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we we've lost we've lost the culture of apprenticeship. Yeah. Right. We, we've lost the culture where you respect your elders. And this isn't like a fifties throwback episode where we need to go back to like white picket fences and leave it to beaver. But I mean, we no longer have the culture of validating the experience of our elders simply because they have managed to survive for six or seven decades. Right. Right. And we really do have a culture that that elevates youth mm-hmm. that elevates the beauty of youth and the energy of youth and the accomplishment of youth and the enthusiasm of youth and kind of denigrates anybody who's, you know, a boomer. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and it creates this, this kind of catch 22 of you're apparently supposed to have your stuff together already in your teens and twenties. And right. if you're not Mark Zuckerberg by 27, you're doing something wrong. But then by the time that you've eclipsed 40, you really have nothing left to offer. You're, you're past your prime. Uh, you're basically retirement age. <laughs> you know, what, what What do you have to offer? Right. And it's just, it's this weird disconnect from, again, as a history teacher, the way that I've recognized that the rest of humanity has lived their lives right. for millennia. Yeah, for a really long time. Right. Much longer than we've been doing this thing. Definitely. And so then what do you do as a human being, particularly as a man living in 2020, if you don't have your stuff together, which none of us do, by the way, in your teens and 20s, and you're in your 30s or your 40s or your 50s, and you're realizing there's still so much left for me to learn. There's still much more that I want to become capable of or competent with or just comfortable with. What, what do I do? Right. How, how do I operate within that? You know, who do I look to? What questions do I ask? 
Well, and I think too, unfortunately, you know, we see a lot of examples of that kind of story playing out late teens, early twenties. Um, and then, you know, those big questions come up and you are unprepared for something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it causes the whole thing to collapse, you know, um, either chasing that after the wrong thing or getting wisdom from the wrong people or, or not even knowing yeah. to go uh, to somebody else to look for that, uh, you know, and, and the, the house of cards comes tumbling down because yeah. we don't have that foundation, like you said, of um, of understanding the importance of uh, apprenticeship and what the elders bring to the table and, and yeah. that kind of communal story that uh that has been passed on you know through generations and and whatnot well it's admittedly hard too if the elders that we would often look to did not receive that themselves Mm -hmm. right that when you have broken generation fathering or mentoring a broken generation who was in and of itself fathered and mentored by a broken generation like right that doesn't look appealing and it took me a while to recognize just how turned off I was to receiving anything from older guys, Mm -hmm. you know, in the way of mentorship or advice or expertise. I mean, it was that classic arrogance of the teens and twenties of what do you know? Like I'm looking at your life from the outside and granted, I don't know all of it, but I don't see any reason to listen Mm -hmm. or what I think I've accomplished from the outside perspective looks to be, as good or better than what you've got. So right. again, I'm just going to keep doing my own thing. And again, part of this whole wisdom and maturity thing, I think is just beginning to recognize that people that have walked some miles that we haven't really do have some lessons to offer. If nothing else, paths not to travel yeah, and things not to do right? that could save us a whole bunch of time, but that they also have some victories that would offer us a chance to really condense a learning curve in some places. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, um, it keeps coming to mind for me is, is, um, all the stuff that Morgan Snyder is putting out, uh, through ransomed heart and become good soil Yeah, of, um, you know, this idea of becoming Kings too early. Yeah. Uh, which is basically what you were, you were talking about before of, you know, we have gotten to the point where, youth and um creative zeal and all that are are so valued uh in our culture these days that we thrust those people into positions that they're probably not actually ready for mm-hmm. um and so all of the the stuff that morgan talks about with um you know choosing which is definitely a hard choice um, but choosing to uh, to take that lower seat yeah. and not elevate yourself um, and actually doing the work of um, sitting under, particularly for for us, you know, those older guys yeah. um, that have walked those miles and, um, you know, maybe have blown it up <laughs> yeah. uh, and, you know, and figure out how to not step on the same landmine that they stepped on. you know, when they were doing it. Um, because we also, I think, um, we've gotten to the point and and I think this has been true generationally for a while now. Um, 
you know, but, but we always want to, uh, as parents leave our kids in a better position than we were in. Right. But then if you flip that around then the kids, you know, my kids are seeing me and Liz now in our late thirties, moving into our forties and, you know, the houses that we have, the car that we have, the, all of that, that's, that's their existence. Right. Right. And then they have to figure it out on their own. And like, what? this is where, this is what life is. Right. right? They didn't see us when we were living in in a one bedroom apartment (laughs) when we first got married, you know? And, um, and I know that my parents, you know, say the same things about, um, you know, having a card table in the living room, you know, when they first got married and, uh, you know, that kind of stuff, um, that, that generationally we lose sight of that. And if we are not, uh, looking back at those stories from those, we lose all connection to what it took to get to what we are experiencing today, you know? Um, so again, that, that maturity piece of, of being willing to, uh, I don't want to say suppress, that's too strong of a (laughs) word, but, um, but at least tamp back, Mm -hmm. Uh, the individuality and the um, the drive forward to be able to pause and, and look to places that we could actually stand to gain some wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Just the recognition that there is a process mm. you know, and, and it's not the exact same process, but there does seem to be this general trend of youthful exuberance slash arrogance. <laughs> and then this period of becoming aware of just what's lacking mm-hmm. and then going searching for it somewhere. And if we're lucky, we look in the right spots. Yeah. And if we're not lucky, then we either don't have those right spots to look in, or we just don't take advantage of that. And and those two paths diverge pretty quickly mm-hmm. and the outcomes are pretty dramatically different. And, and so I think, again, that's, that's kind of where we want to park for the next couple of episodes is recognizing that we're in this place now, you know, middle of, I don't know, where, where are we early adulthood, middle adult? I I don't even know, like the numbers don't seem to matter much, but wherever we are now that there's still a lot to come. Right. And there's already been a lot behind that has been very formative but has not been as definitive as we might've liked to believe that it was. Mm -hmm. And so being able to pause here and look around. And again, it's a little bit of what we talked about with, you know, land nav and dead reckoning, right? Stop, look backwards, figure out where you came from. Are you on a line that you like? And then look ahead and Oh, by the way, look around and see if there's anybody else that seems to maybe know the path better than you. Right. Right. And, are there other paths, you know, are there other questions that you should be asking or, you know, something does come up and, and you need to start asking hard questions of yourself. Like, are you prepared to do that? Or where are you going to find those answers from? Or, um, you know, those are, those are tough things to, to tackle. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll camp out here for a little bit. Um, and, and dig into how not wise we are for, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't for a little wait bit for longer. More of that. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for being here guys. Um, 
we appreciate you listening and um, again invite you to join the conversation over at our Facebook group we are strong towers uh, or follow us on Instagram and um, Twitter or uh, head over to our website, check out some of those resources on rest and Sabbath uh, that Zach has been walking us through these last couple of weeks. And uh, we will be back with another episode next week to uh, to keep parking on this idea of, of what it takes to actually gain this wisdom and maturity that we're chasing after. Love you guys. Hey guys, Tom here. If you like the conversation that we were having uh, this week on the podcast, make sure to give us a, a like or a review in your podcasting app. And we'd love for you to join in the conversation uh, beyond just, uh, just what we got to talk through this week. So uh, find us on Facebook. We have a private group on Facebook now. You can uh, get to that through our website, strong-towers.com, or on Facebook you can search for We Are Strong Towers. Uh, like I said, it is a private group, so you'll need to ask uh, for us to, to let you in there just to keep it a safe space for guys to engage in, in deep conversation as we look at these topics that are uh, so important to who we are and, and uh, how we approach life. Um, follow us on social media also at strong underscore towers on Instagram and Twitter.